in the midst of nothingness and unknowing Follow the compass light my heart is showing So I love this week's podcast episode, this interview with someone who I've seen in person, but not actually spoke to in person. Um, We saw each other at the Women's Travel Fest, which I attended in New York City recently, and we never hung out, but we met up online and now we are Skyping and hanging out that way. Um, So this interview is all about tackling your fear, whether it be in life or whether it be in travel and new travel situations and challenges. And we also have a really good laugh at the end of the podcast episode where we get into some more intimate, um, gritty questions about awkward, weird, and very strange, (laughs) disturbing things that have happened during travel. So make sure you stick around for that. Before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to announce that I and my partner Alex Smith are starting a new social justice travel project, and this will be kicking off um, sometime in May when I travel to Thailand and then China, because one part of this will be filmed in Thailand, Um, and this is going to be all about going to different places and seeing about even when we're at home in our own communities, how we're affecting people in other communities and what problems are being created and listening to them and learning what we can do to solve those problems. So I have the first two episodes planned out. It's going to be basically like a free TV series online that you can watch. But of course, I'm going to be blogging that whole time on an Instagram on a Twitter and doing podcast episodes as well. So we'll be kicking off a new podcast, a new blog, new video series, and kind of just play off of what I already have here on my Wonder Woman blog. So check the links in the show notes and I will give you those links so you can check it out. You can start following me now so that when we do launch everything, you will be the first to see it and you'll get to see what that's all about. Um, But I hope you enjoy this episode. I had so much fun and just wanted to say thank you for coming back to the podcast. Are you ready? I am ready. Yay. Okay, I guess let's get this party started. (laughs) Okay, so if you could just tell us your name and just like a brief intro to who you are, whatever you feel like including. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so my name is Diani Hall, Diani Faith Hall. I am, I guess, I'm vegetarian. That's one way to start. <laughs> I love to travel, obviously. Um, I am love working out. It's a big part of my day. I'm a huge personal development fanatic. I love to read books. I love podcasts, meditating, um, I'm leaving for my first long-term travel trip in end of September, beginning of October. Yay! Um, <laughs> that is very open-ended time frame, and I'm working on starting and launching this blog, um, Diani Travels. I guess it's a good 
summary. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's like my type of person. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so I guess later in this interview, we'll get into all of that more and we'll get into your blog yeah. and your travels and stuff. But for every intro to the podcast, I always bring up how we met because I feel like sometimes there's just like wild stories. Um, <laughs> and I guess we didn't meet in person, but we met online. I was going to say that too. I remember seeing you at Women's Travel Fest, but I don't think we had actually introduced each other, like talked to each other. Yeah. And and then later on, I I don't know if you found my Instagram or I found your Instagram, but we started following each other and I, you were posting content about how, about Women's Travel Fest. And so I knew we were both there. And then I had ended up reaching out to you and I, I commented on one of your posts saying that I liked your video and I liked what you wrote about your post about the women's travel fest. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of just went from there. But I think that's so funny that we probably would have gotten along really well in person, but we never talked and we were in the same place. I know. That's what I was thinking. I know that I saw you there and I just don't know why, like, I met two girls at the very beginning because I didn't know anyone there and I hung out with them the whole time and I felt like I talked to other people a little bit, but it was like, I was just kind of like listening a lot but I feel like we would have had so much fun had we like we would have we just missed the perfect opportunity to actually hang out in person I know that's so weird so now I guess like Skype hang out is the way to yeah. go <laughs> oh, yeah. Skype I'm glad that you um like commented on that or I comment on yours I don't know what happened first and we started talking about all this stuff because we have so much in common and I'm like really excited to share what you're doing so people can follow you and yeah, I'm excited to see everything that happens. Thank um, you. Yeah. You're pretty cool yourself too. <laughs> Thank you. I'm working on it. Um, before we get into all that cool stuff about what you're doing, I like to ask one like weird question just to kind of get to know you, like loosen up, you know, you got to get comfortable sometimes right. in conversation, <laughs> like a pre-stretch. Um, so right. my question that I have for you is... If you could pick the life of a character in a fictional movie, or I guess it could be nonfiction, and, like, you had to live the life of that character and be like that character, who would it be? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, That's a good question. Let me... From a nonfiction or a fiction? Okay. Yeah, I guess you could do either, actually. I'm a really big fan of Disney, so my mind just went straight to, like, Disney movies. Yeah! <laughs> For some reason, I know that's so childish, but I I love a lot of Disney movies, so I'm trying to, like, I'm thinking of my favorite ones. Um, Ooh. I don't know if you ever seen Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> I don't think that I have I've seen a lot of Disney movies because I'm also a fan but I don't think so Wreck-It Ralph is like one of my favorites I could quote it backwards and forwards um and there's this character in it named Vanellope and she's like um she's like this racer she races and she's also like a queen of this sugar candy land place yeah. And it's really cute, and I would totally be her because she gets to just hang out in this candy land all day long, <laughs> race cars, and she's in charge, and you're oh. in a video game. So 
Uh, I know that's kind of childish, but I love that movie, so I totally pick her. (laughs) No, I love that so much. I want to go watch it now. (laughs) It's really cute. I think you'd like it. Okay. Yeah, you know, I was trying to think of what my answer to this question would be earlier, and I just, like, couldn't put my finger on anything. And then as soon as you mentioned Disney, I was like, Ariel! Like, why did I not think of any of these princesses or, like, anyone from Disney? Yeah, there's so many options. So many great movies. I love that. Okay, I'll have to go watch that now. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Women's Travel Fest, since it's something we both attended, and I wanted to share more about it, but... I wasn't going to interview myself about it. <laughs> um, but why did you decide to go to Women's Travel Fest in the first place? Um, well, I actually stumbled upon it several months before I bought my ticket. Um, and I don't know how. I guess I was just online. And I saw Women's Travel Fest. And I was looking into it. And I saw some videos from the um, events prior that they had. Mm-hmm. And it seems really awesome because I'm a huge fan of of travel, obviously, but I also consider myself a feminist and I really, you know, love events and things that encourage and support and are specific to women. So as soon as I saw one of the videos, I was like, Oh my God, I have to go to this. I have to attend. Um, and I told my girlfriend at the time and I was like, we have to go, we have to go. And it was still several months away at this point. So it was always in the back of my mind. And then, um, I kind of revisited it a few months before. And I felt like it was really meant for me to go because it was in New York and it had been in other places prior. And New York is, you know, a 30 minute drive for me. So I didn't have to worry about finding a place to stay in the city and, you know, booking a plane ticket or all that other hassle. Like it was really convenient. So I thought might as well go now, um, rather than than it be in a different place. So we bought the tickets maybe like a week beforehand. Um, okay. Diana didn't come. She went for one day and I went for both days. But yeah, I kind of just, I had stumbled upon it on the internet and really felt like aligned with it. And I felt like I should, I should definitely go. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. I was, so can you tell us a little bit about your experience? I mean, I think you were as happy with everything as I was. So why did you feel like once you got there, like it was really good that you went and all that good stuff? I loved, well, first of all, walking in, it's like in this beautiful, you know, setting. Yeah. Um, It was really nice, but I felt really comfortable. Uh, I felt comfortable there because there was a lot of other women who didn't, you know, know each other. So everyone was kind of getting to know each other and talking. And um, even from the very first talk, it was, it was obvious that it was very empowering to women. And so I got that feeling right off the bat and, um, everything just felt like the whole environment was very encouraging. Um, every woman that I spoke to was super, super willing to give any knowledge that they had, answer any questions, be as helpful as possible in any way. They wanted to give you their contacts and, um, you know, it's not, like that typical environment where sometimes you see females and it's very competitive. It wasn't like that at all. It was just a very supportive and encouraging energy, which I think is sometimes rare in all women's settings. So that was a vibe that I really enjoyed because it was different from what you usually experience. And, um, 
and not just, and that was from meeting other women, but also the talks itself were, you know, had a lot of helpful information and, um, I was like vigorously taking notes a lot of the time and <laughs> yeah. learning so much. And, um, I love that a lot of the speakers too, were kind of just floating around, like interacting yeah. with everyone. So they didn't come off the stage and then just like run and disappear. I was shocked when I, the first day I got there, I went upstairs and Jessica Nabongo, who I'm like a huge fan of, is just like sitting there on the couch. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, can I, do I go talk to her? What do I do? So I went up and I, I spoke to her and it was, it was awesome. Cause I feel like there's not a lot of settings where you have access to all of these powerful women in the travel industry and you can speak to, you know, anyone and make connections that way and, you know, get great advice. So I, thought it was a really awesome, awesome environment. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with everything that you just said too. I like the people that I watched speaking, I was in tears and I was crying and I was yeah. laughing and then I could actually go talk to them afterwards. It kind of took away that pedestal that yes, everyone yes, yes. gets put on. And I remember too, I interviewed this one girl for the video that I was doing and she was like, really cool and fun and I was like oh like what's your Instagram name so I can add you to the video and she told me and I get on later and she has like 40,000 followers and she wasn't like oh yeah like I'm a famous travel blogger she was just like oh yeah this is my IG name like let me know when you post it and yeah, yeah I don't think that happens everywhere else so that was really really nice yeah no I think it put everyone kind of on the same level playing field whether you were like new to travel or whether you were just this like super experienced person it was everyone kind of felt like an equal because like you said they weren't just on some pedestal they were there to enjoy the event as well you know they weren't just there to talk like a lot of them were even Jessica she was like oh this is my first event like and she was sitting and listening to a lot of the talks too and you know you're right there with us yeah you have all this experience you've been to you know almost every country in the world (laughs) and here you are like actually sitting in the audience with everyone else so I thought that was you know, like you said, really, really awesome. Yeah. That, yeah, that was amazing. Do you think you're going to go back next year if they have it around the same area? I definitely (laughs) want to, but the thing is, I don't know where I'll be (laughs) that time next year. So they even offered, like they sent an email after offering a discounted ticket for women who had went, um, to that past event. And it was like for a short period of time and I wanted to buy it. Um, but I didn't know where I would be and if I would be able to access it. And I might do, if I'm not in the area and I don't want to come back to New York, I might do the, um, you can do an online ticket and they send you all the recordings. Okay. So maybe I'd do something like that. And I know it's not the same thing because you miss out on that atmosphere and, um, you know, connecting with everyone and, that that side of it but it's still you can get some valuable information out of it so if anything I might do that if I can't get back to it yeah that's really smart especially for people who I had a couple people email or message me and were like you know what was this like I love travel how could I go and then I said I was in New York and people like eh so that's I didn't even think of telling people that that it's online too so that's that's a really good point yeah so could you tell us how you even got into travel in the first place. Like what sparked the travel bug? Where did you first go or who did you meet or however your story happened? Okay. Um, well, I, as of today, I haven't done a lot of international yeah. travel. I 
So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you have a passion for something and even though you haven't, you know, done a ton of it, you, you know, that it's there. And I've been to, I guess, um, okay. So when I was 14, I went on a missions trip because I went to a private high school Christian. I was raised Christian. Um, and I went to a missions trip to Honduras for Mm -hmm. nine days. And it was, that was my first time outside of the country. And it was, you know, without my parents, I only got to speak to my parents like twice the whole time. And we were doing service stuff. We went to orphanages and hospitals and went to landfills where people lived and gave out food and, um, did a lot of different things like that ministry wise. Um, and that was super awesome. And I remember, um, feeling that sense of kind of freedom. And I, I thought leaving, I was like, Oh, I was going to miss my family. And, you know, I was going to miss being home. And I didn't, I remember, (laughs) I distinctly remember like not at all feeling like I wanted to go back home. And I loved being there and I loved meeting new people and seeing new things. And that was kind of my first exposure. And I think after that, I really wanted to travel again and more. And I didn't know, I didn't know how I was going to make it happen. Um, my second trip was to Hawaii. I was 16 and my friend, um, at the time, instead of having sweet 16, she took a few of her girlfriends, including me to Hawaii. So we, we, it was really awesome. We stayed in this resort on the beach, like she has money. So we were able to do like the, you know, whatever. And, um, but it was very touristy at the end of the day, you know, like you weren't really exploring parts of Hawaii. We were kind of, we stayed mostly at the resort. We did like parasailing and surfing lessons and those type of things, but it was still very touristy. So I had those two, um, contrasting experiences of travel and, even though the second one was a little bit more like luxury, I still enjoyed the first one more because it was more, I felt yeah. authentic and personal and you're meeting really people, real people who actually live there. And, um, so then I kind of realized what kind of travel I wanted to do. And after I graduated from high school and I was in college, I was considering different options, like maybe studying abroad or, um, studying abroad or I was thinking of going to the Peace Corps after I graduated. Mm -hmm. I had even gotten like a Peace Corps certification. And I was like, I could do that because, um, I got my undergrad in, um, psychology and I was planning on getting my master's in social work. Okay. That was going to be like my path. And then after I got my master's in social work, I was going to do all the like interning hours and eventually get my LCSW and become a licensed clinical social worker. My goal was to like, open my own practice. I wanted to work with kids and all of this, but I was struggling to figure out where I could fit travel into that developing career. Yeah. And I was like, well, after I graduate from undergrad, if I just, you know, go to the Peace Corps for a year, maybe that'll satisfy that part of me that wants to travel. And then I can go on with my career. Um, and things kind of took a turn when I, got introduced to personal development in October. Um, I am a huge fan of like Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn. I don't know if you know, um, 
I've those people are. Heard of Tony Robbins? Are they like motivational motivational speakers? Like life yeah, it's coach like people, motivational speaker speaker. But to me, he's so much more than that. But I um, yeah. in October, I was introduced by my girlfriend to Jim Rohn, and he um, it was like a two hour YouTube video, and she's like, "You have to watch this. You have to watch this." So I was like, "Fine," and I sat down and I watched it, and it really kind of changed everything for me yeah. um, because I realized that I was putting something that I was extremely passionate about on the back burner because I felt like I had to pursue a career. Yeah. Um, and after that, I went to a Tony Robbins UPW event where, um, which was mind-blowingly amazing, but that was a lot of inner work. And the basis of personal development is kind of just um, your mind controls everything. You control everything with your mind. Your thoughts is the basis of everything. Um, Your thoughts create your feelings. Your feelings create your actions. Your actions create your results. And that's basically, um, you know, how we live our life. So you you control your life. And I, once being introduced to personal development and diving deep into that and reading all these books and going to these events, I was able to kind of come out of that place where I felt like I had to pursue a career. And that was, you know get the nine to five job. And that's what I was supposed to do. And I told my family literally, I think a month before I was supposed to start my master's, I had already been accepted. Like it was all set. Yeah. And I told, I was like, I don't, at first I was, I said, I'm going to postpone it for a year. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to take a year. I'm going to defer it. And I'm going to work in between, you know, I need time to get an apartment and work and that was what I had told them and I was telling myself. And then eventually I was after the, um, Tony Robbins event that I went to in November, I was like, you know what? I just have to be honest and, you know, be true to myself. And, um, so I told them and my family, my aunt, everyone. And I was like, I'm not going to go for my master's right now. Um, instead, instead I am going to save up for a while and, uh, travel for some time. <laughs> and, um, surprisingly, my parents were very supportive because they knew I was passionate about traveling and they were like, you know what, whatever, um, you know, whatever makes you happy, we're going to figure out how to do it and it's yeah. going to work for you. You go ahead. And if later on you want to, you know, come back and get your master's and whatever you plan on doing after, like, you know, they were very supportive and surprisingly, because you kind of always come up with the story yeah. in your head that like, oh my God, they're going to hate me or, right. oh my God, you know, they're going to be so disappointed. I'm going to let everyone down. And right. they were very supportive. So, um, I guess that's a long winded story of how no, I got to travel, but, um, that kind of opened the door for me to really dive into this travel experience in a, in a real way. And, um, do it the way I want to, where I'm able to be places long-term and work from online because I'm currently in the process of, um, starting a TEFL certification. So being able to teach English. Oh, okay. Um, so that's kind of what I want to do as like a side income. So I'm working on that yeah. certification so I can teach English online. Um, and cause I've, I've heard a lot of stories and people have told me about their experience doing it and they think it's, you know, um, a good experience. So I'm going to try it out. Yeah. And also, you know, savings and stuff and then just kind of go from there. But yeah, 
That's amazing. I feel like that's so cool to talk about because a couple things you said. One, you were talking about how, like, you haven't been out of the country a ton yet internationally, but you still just know that you love it and you're pursuing it. And I love that you're starting a blog, like, from that point where you are because, like we talked about before, I feel like we see people with, like, 100,000 followers, literally, and they're just traveling all over and you're just like – how did you get there? How did you learn to do that? How did you learn to get a visa? How did you learn to like find cheaper flights? Like all that stuff, not a lot of people talk about and it makes travel look like it's super inaccessible all the time and really hard, which it can be. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited that you are talking about that and that also you, like followed what you felt like was the right thing to do and you just were truthful and told everyone because I don't even know how many people that we probably know in our lives who had a dream like this when they were our age or even now at whatever age they're at and they still don't do it because they're afraid that their parents are going to be upset or they're not doing what they're supposed to do or someone's going to be upset like oh if the world just everyone leaned into that a little bit more like their intuition and what they wanted to do I feel like it would be so much better and we'd have like a lot happier of a society because that's it's kind of rare like I forget that it is it really is and it's so freeing and people often it comes down to you being so concerned with what people are going to think about your decision because I remember that was the thought I was dealing with when I was at the UPW. Tony Romans has an Unleash the Power Within event, and it's a long weekend. It's from Friday to Sunday, I believe, or Thursday to Sunday, and it's super intensive. You're there for, like, 10 hours a day. You're doing so much inner work. It's so high energy. It's, like, in an arena of people. There's thousands of people, and it's very intensive inner work. And so you get to the depth of those fears, whatever your fears are and releasing those fears. And I realized that like my concern was really just what people were going to think of my decision. And, Oh my God, she's crazy. What is she doing? She's not, you know, she's supposed to be pursuing a career. This is when she's supposed to be finding a job. And I, that doesn't appeal to me. That never appealed to me. I never wanted to do the nine to five. Even now I nanny and I kind of have a semi regular schedule. Um, yeah. And it just, even that kind of drives me a little bit crazy yeah. it's, it's because <laughs> yeah. that, that like repetition of every day. And I think people are so concerned, more concerned what with others think of what they're doing rather than doing what makes them happy. Right. But, and I love talking about this, but there's, it's so, it's such a freeing feeling yeah. to, to know that you are following your intuition and you're following what you really want to do. There's, nothing like it and once you get past that point of fear where you're able to just be honest with yourself and others it's very liberating but like you said it's difficult for people to get to that place because they get stuck in their thoughts and their thoughts about what other people are going to think rather than um being concerned with what they're passionate about and then they end up a lot of times regretting you know yeah and there's a lot of regret that comes with that because later on down the line, you're like, oh, well, I didn't do this and this and that. But something now that I could hide behind is that I'm 22. Yeah. So when I when I tell people that I want to travel full time, they're just like, well, you're young. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's do that. Let's put it behind the, right. you're young. 
you know, right. whatever. Um, if that makes you feel better, whatever. Right. But, um, yeah. No, that's totally true. And I do feel like I should definitely acknowledge that people grow up in different situations and, like, yeah. have less access to funds. Like, maybe they're not thinking about their dreams because they're just trying to, like, make money to eat or survive or yeah. take care of family or whatever situation that may be. But I do also feel like I know a lot of people who would have the opportunity to do it or could have made it happen and they didn't. And then a few years later, they do the same thing. They're like, well, I can't do this now. And they're like, well, you're young. And I'm like, okay, yeah. But like, (laughs) also, it could be a lot of hard work. And also, you have to be brave and follow your intuition and your heart too. And It's scary. Yeah. This is is like scary for me, but I think it's (laughs) so worth it. And touching on what you said about like not having access, I – I can understand that a lot because I was not raised rich by any means, Um, if anything, on the little bit on the opposite side of the spectrum. So growing up, I wasn't exposed to much travel internationally because my parents had never traveled internationally because they never were able to financially. And um, so it wasn't something that was easily accessible to me, but I am a firm belief. Like right now I work to, I was just working three jobs. Now I quit one. I'm working two mm-hmm. nan- nannying jobs. And, you know, I take a portion of my checks every week and I put it in an envelope hanging on my wall and yeah. it's going to me being able to travel. So I think, yeah, a lot of times you're not in a situation and to be able to, um, and it can take longer, you know, if you're trying to save and you're working a minimum wage job and, you know, it can take a lot longer for you to be able to save it. But I I do believe if that's what you're meant to do and there's that passion and drive inside of you and your intuition's telling you to, that you can find ways to make it happen. Probably a lot slower than other people who have the means and it's not going to happen in a few months or whatever. But, um, you know, little by little, you find a way. Because I would love to spend that $200, you know, that I'm putting away however often into doing something else or towards my rent or towards buying groceries. Like, that would help me to put it to something else. But um, willing to stretch myself a little bit thinner money-wise so that I can do that, to me, it's worth it. And, you know, some people don't do it because it's not. It's not worth it for them or they're not able to. Right. No, that's so true. And I know what you mean because I do not make a lot of money every month. And everyone's like, you're so cheap because I, like, I'm not buying new things and stuff. But I'm like, that's going to travel. If I spend, like, $20 on a shirt, that's, like, two nights in a hostel somewhere. Like, like it doesn't seem like it now. But that's – I'm just doing it because later on I'm going to use it and – yeah, and it's exactly. not worth it to me to buy that when I could, like, go have an experience instead. Exactly. But, yeah. So it's really your priority, like, your priorities, too, when it comes to this. If your priority is to travel, you're you're going to, you know, not spend the $20 on a meal or on a shirt so that you can make it happen. Yeah, definitely. So uh, also, I just feel like you're really – good and like honest about talking about these things so I'm so excited to see your blog like happen and transform and two I hope that someone even younger than us because I'm 23 so like we're almost the same age I hope someone even younger listens to this episode of you talking 
because I feel like when I was younger, it would have been really cool to hear this before I set off to travel and I like had no idea what I was doing and everyone thought it was weird and like I just hope someone listens and it helps them no me too that's the whole point of you know my blog and everything is that I want other people um to feel encouraged I mean the can is it okay if I yeah now and kind of tell you a little bit about yes I was actually just gonna ask you like if you can tell us about your blog so that's perfect okay perfect um so I came up with the idea of a blog just because, you know, it's a, it's a platform. If I create a website, it's a way for me to talk about certain things and for people to, you know, read it and listen and take away whatever it is that they're supposed to from it or yeah. that they want to or whatever it is I'm trying to get across. So I thought that would be awesome because I thought that I would be able to deliver something a little bit different from what's in the travel space right now yeah um and I know a lot of blogs that I've come across and that I found and not all of them obviously like I know a lot of blogs that aren't like this but majority are 10 10 tips for blah blah blah, or 10 things to do in xyz place or um very I guess planning your trip and itinerary type posts which can be very helpful um, yes, but I wanted to talk about, you know, deeper things and other things and, um, traveling as someone who's LGBTQ and because me and my girlfriend are going to be traveling together. Right. And like, that's, that's a different experience than traveling alone or traveling while straight or traveling, yeah. you know, and for other women and, or men or couple, well, I guess probably women who are bi or lesbian, um, to, to see that and, um, to, you know, feel encouraged, but to, I, okay. I (laughs) kind of word it. I, I believe that you, you're the best way for someone to learn is through experience. Right. Hands down. Um, but if you don't have that experience, I think the best way to learn is from other people's experience. And that's why we do things like read other people's biographies or listen to podcasts with interviews. And we're, Oh, I think people are so interested in learning other people's story. So I think if me writing a post about me traveling with my girlfriend, um, and how that travel is different and, um, my experience and even interviewing, cause a a big part of my blog is going to be interviews. Um, so like I said, I think it's really important to that you learn from experience and the best way to learn is from other people's experience. And if someone comes on my blog and you know, they're interested in becoming vegan or vegetarian and they have an interview with you where they can kind of see where you started and, um, and learn a little bit more. And then, um, there's another LGBTQ couple, two females that are digital nomads that I'm planning on interviewing, um, soon and their experience. And, um, you know, and then you can go on and whatever relates to you and take away other people's experience and other people's advice and relate it to yourself and learn yeah. from those experiences, even though you haven't had those experiences yourself. Does that right. make sense? No, that totally makes sense. That yeah, that makes perfect, perfect sense. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's, you know, what I really want to do. And it's targeted, my, my blog is going to be targeted more towards uh, people who are LGBTQ, people who are vegetarian or are looking to be, you know, become vegetarian and want to travel more mindfully. Mm-hmm. Um, 
people who are, are on, sometimes because I am going to write posts about like personal development since that's big for me too. And, you know, overcoming fears and those type of things that we were just discussing. So people who are just looking for some encouragement to step out of that comfort zone and, yeah. you know, cross that fear line. Um, and yeah, and, and a lot of interviews with different types of people. Another one I'm doing is an interview with a girl who's a friend of mine who, um, grew up in the U S is Colombian and moved to Colombia for college. Okay. Um, and is finishing up her schooling there now. So for people who are, you know, considering doing international, going to school internationally rather than here in the U S and the pros and cons of that. And, uh, you know, finding whatever it is in my blog that you can relate to and take away from and whether it be, um, something you learn or just an interesting story or something that inspires someone else's story that inspires you. Yeah. That's, that's really the goal. (laughs) I love it. I, I feel like you like in a roundabout way are talking a lot about debunking fear. I mean, cause that's what you kind of had to learn to do. And I feel like when I see someone else do it or I even hear about it, I don't even need to know the story. I'm less fearful. Cause I'm like, someone did it. It can't exactly. be done. Yeah, exactly. So I think that would be awesome if there are like two females in a relationship and they're traveling together or just like anyone else who mm-hmm. sees you doing this and hears you talking about it. They could be like, oh, I can do that. And these are things I might have to watch out for, but it's possible. It's possible. Anything, I guess, yeah, you're right. In general, it's just the fact that anything is anything is possible. And that's why I'm excited to post, you know, the interview we did and your your story, because you, your story is amazing. You, you know, um, this is your podcast. So people obviously probably know your story, but you doing the bike tour with no experience and all these things. It it even, when we were talking, it even encouraged me at the time because, um, I'm obviously nervous, but doing it anyway. And you were obviously probably nervous at the time, but did it anyway. And just that, that encouragement that someone else, um, who has a similar, you know, experience, not a similar experience, but that I relate to and who's around my age is doing the same thing. I can do it too. And that's really what I hope people get from it. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. It reminds me of that quote. I don't even know who said it, but isn't there a quote that says feel fear and do it anyways? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I yes. would have to look up who said that, but <laughs> I know the quote. I don't know who said it, yeah. but I don't think you're, you're never, cause you're never going to be fearless. You're always yeah. going to have fear in some capacity, but you're, you can't not do things because of fear. Cause then you're not going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. Like that bike trip that I was telling you about where I had no experience and then I got in a bike accident, which confirmed my fear that I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Like, I was literally shaking for the whole rest of the bike tour, and I would have to get off my bike and walk down, like, really small, like, seven-foot hills. Like, I was so afraid, and I do that with other things in my life. I get so afraid that I'm literally shaking in person, but I'm just trying to get through it because I know if I get through that moment, like, okay, I can keep going. I can keep doing whatever it is I feel like I need to do, and I – yeah, I hope that – um, like you're able to show that too, because that's what you're doing and that other people can kind of be like, yay, I'm going to do it too. <laughs> that's my goal. It, it would, it would make me so happy if I were to even get like 
one person to message me saying that like, oh, XYZ story that you posted or interview that you posted inspired me to, you know, pursue whatever. And it, even if it's not travel, if I inspire someone to start a business that they wanted to start or right. like anything, um, that would make me so happy and feel just so fulfilled just to reach even the smallest number of people. Cause I think it's very, we're in the travel industry. It's very focused on, you know, growing your following, which of course is something everyone wants to do. You want to reach yeah. more people. I would, I would love my blog to reach as many people as possible. Cause I want everyone to get that inspiration and get that, um, you know, that message. But, um, I think it's become like people willing to change how they present themselves in yeah. order to get that following and grow. And I want to always keep in mind who I am and stay grounded in my, um, who I am and what I want to share and the goal of all of this yeah. rather than creating a huge following or creating, you know, content or using, you know, captions that don't aren't who I am but just right. ways to gain more you know right. you know what I mean so um yeah yeah <laughs> no I get that because sometimes I feel like I get frustrated because I'm like I would love to have a really huge following and like tell people how to do this on a budget because the people I follow who have a huge following are like getting sponsored trips and like flying drones and like here I am like crashing my drone into a tree and like <laughs> hitchhiking and I'm just like okay but I still want to show people this side too so it can be frustrating but I, I definitely agree with you that it's better to just stick to who you are yeah instead of changing just to I guess get a bunch of followers yeah. and people people are definitely a lot more attracted to authenticity because yeah. people can tell when you're real versus when you are fake and I think people are so much more attracted to authenticity because then you feel more comfortable being being real when you see other people you know being themselves so Definitely. I think that's authenticity is always always important yeah and I wonder I think you probably heard the one woman say it at the travel fest that girl I don't remember her name but she does the blog my life is a travel movie yes she said that like even when companies reach out to um blogs and they want them to sponsor things for them she said that they will start reaching out to smaller blogs who don't have a lot of followers yet because the people that are following them are real and they're interested in what they're doing and she said a lot of times when your blog gets really big it's like people just like following you but they're not engaging anymore because they don't mm -hmm. see you like as an actual person and they don't see you engaging back with them so I wonder if that is a thing too like when you do get bigger I can see that yeah yeah like you don't have that feel like you're a real person anymore and it yeah because even before I she's someone I had followed on Instagram before okay and uh before seeing her there and I had liked her content and her pictures were always very beautiful and it um you know very well planned out and uh you could tell she put a lot of effort into you know the pictures and stuff that she posts and seeing how many followers she had and how awesome her pictures were it was honestly intimidate it yeah. could be intimidating to the point where like you're you just follow them to see their content but you don't in you don't interact because 
you know, they already have a bunch of comments on their pictures or right. she's not going to see yours or it doesn't matter because, you know, she already has. And you kind of, your mindset does, you know, change a little bit. And, right. um, but then you meet these people and it's, it's, that's the thing that's hard about social media is because you can only see what they allow you to see, you know, yeah. you don't see their day to day and who they are as a person. And that way, that way, that's why, um, when I met Jessica Nabongo and she did her, keynote closing speech I was even more in love with her than I was before because you got to see of that real side of her where she's funny and she you know is making jokes and her drive and all of this you know all those parts of her that don't that probably don't come across on you know Instagram posts and Instagram stories as well so you you only get a limited view and it's hard sometimes to fully um, see the see who a person really is just by their Instagram. Yeah, no, yeah, that's totally true. Um, that's yeah, that's why I think it's so cool that I was able to connect with you and like actually talk to you. Yeah, and like share your blog that's kind of starting from the ground up and like you're accessible and like people can be like, Hey, can you help me with this? And mm-hmm. you know, actually reach out to you. Um, what are you going to be doing for your blog? Is it going to be a website plus videos plus pictures plus podcast or like what's your setup going to be? It's going to be a website like with a blog. Okay. Like tab. So you, you know, it's mostly a website, but I'm also doing some, vlogging um and because I think that's part of you know you want to show what you're seeing and show the experience as much as possible so I'm also going to be doing vlogging and um eventually eventually after this has been established for a little while I would want to do a podcast um okay eventually too because like I said I like sharing you know experiences I think are valuable so um yeah, right now it's just a blog and vlog, and then little by little it'll turn into a podcast and more content. Cool. <laughs> Is the website up already that we can tell people to follow, or do we just give them your Instagram? You can give them my Instagram. It's at Diani Travels. Okay. Uh, my name is spelled D-I-A-N-N-I, and then Travels, T-R-A-V-E-L-S. People always don't know how to spell my name, so. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, that was good then. Um, and my blog, if you go to um, dianitravels.com right now, yeah. it'll say, like, blog coming soon because I um, hired a web developer who's working on the actual, like, technical side oh. of um, creating it because – I tried to, and I got very frustrated very easily. (laughs) That is not my, that is not my forte. And I think these are also things that aren't talked about when it comes to starting a travel blog. It's kind of just like this mystical, oh, you'll have a beautiful Instagram with beautiful (laughs) pictures and all these well-written posts on this beautiful website. And, you know, no one tells you how to do all these things. So I started and I tried and I was like, you know what? This is not my forte. This section of technical stuff is not my, I'm going to learn it. And she's actually the woman who's doing it is going to have like a training session with me and kind of teach me the ins and outs of everything she did so that I'm still able to run the website, obviously after, because I think that's important. I need to know basic coding and um, things like that. 
Um, so she's going to still teach me. And, but the actual creation of the website, I wanted to make sure that it looked good and I didn't want to just, um, have it be half-assed because I was only able to do so much, you know? So, um, it's in the process. I'm more working on creating content while she works on the actual creating of the website and kind of going, we are collaborating. She'll give me ideas. I'll give her ideas and, it should. I was hoping it, for it to be up by the end of April, but I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Um, I'm hoping by – it'll definitely be by the end of May, but I'm hoping for mid-May that it should be able to launch because because the technical side isn't really fully up to me. It's more up to her. I have to kind of wait on that as yeah. well too um, while I create content, and I'm not um, – and I think that's fine. It, you know, it gives me more time to write and, you know, do interviews and all this stuff before actually having um, the website up. So, yeah, mid-May. Okay. I'm hoping by my birthday. My birthday's May 11th. Oh, I'm hoping, nice. Okay. <laughs> I'm hoping by my birthday, but we will see. Yeah. We'll see. That's cool. I'll put links in the show notes so that anyone listening, if they want to go check it out, they can just click on that and follow you. Um, but I know what you mean because when I started my blog, I didn't know what I was doing. I get so mad. Like I, I don't even know how to find your screen name on Skype, like your actual email. <laughs> and I took this online course through Nomadic Matt that tells you how to set up the blog, like step by step. Oh my God. I did it too. Yeah. I did that one too. I was yeah. still crying and I literally <laughs> wanted to snap my computer in half and like take a sledgehammer to like my phone and everything. Like. I was so angry while I was taking that course. <laughs> so try to like simplify it as much as possible. But even when it came to like doing all the technical side yourself, I was like, you know what? No, I'm yeah. just going <laughs> to hire someone for that portion of it. And um, yeah, like I said, I don't think these are things that are talked about. And I love that we're kind of like being honest and kind of debunking yeah. that like, you know, perfect dream because, you know, right. of what it is. And there's a lot else that like goes into it because I'm reading a book on travel writing. Um, it's by Tim Leffel. It's more okay. on like the travel writing side of it. Okay. But um, he talks about like there's a lot more that goes into than just putting a site up. And when it comes to like your writing, um, um, you know, it takes a lot of practice. Even yeah. if you consider yourself a good writer, it takes practice to um, you know, create good content and multiple drafts sometimes and having other people edit it. And I do want to possibly, um, hire an editor on Upwork eventually, just because, you know, I want to make sure that what I'm putting out is my best work. So even if I'm not super great at editing and that's something that eventually later on I'll get better at. And I know you helped me with (laughs) (laughs) I need help though. (laughs) (laughs) but eventually like you know i on upwork you can hire an editor from anywhere from 10 to 50 dollars an hour so if someone's able to help me and you know a little bit and read some of my work and i have to pay them 10 15 dollars an hour like i'm i'm willing to do that because i want to put out you know the best work that i can yeah 
No, that makes a lot of sense. There's so many different parts to a travel blog or even a vlog and just writing. And I feel like the more you go through it, the more you learn, but it still can be a hard process because you're like, what the heck? Like, I don't know it was this much. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know. I thought it was just like, okay, you put up a website, you write some articles and you post them. And then now I'm like, well, I might want to take a writing course and now I might have to hire an editor and, oh, well, photography, like I have to make sure my pictures are good quality. So I have to, I have to learn some basic photography and, you know, learn how to edit a photo. And there's a lot more that goes into it than you think. Definitely. Totally. And it can be really frustrating. (laughs) It's overwhelming, but I kind of have tried to break it up into like a roadmap in different sections. So I have like the big things that I need to tackle and then like the little things um, to get to that point underneath it. Um, And I'm kind of just taking it little by little. That's why I'm like, I'm hoping it'll be up by by mid-May, but I don't want to overwhelm myself with trying to tackle everything right this second at once and getting it all done. And so since I'm not leaving till September of October, if it takes a little bit longer, that's okay because um, when I'm on my travels, I'll be creating more content and posting more yeah. and having more, you know, stuff to write about and stuff to put up. So right. I'm not going to stress myself out. <laughs> no, that's the best. That seems like you're doing it the best way. And you are going to South America, correct? Yes. Okay. So I can kind of give you like a guide of what my, our plan is. Yeah. Uh, we're planning on leaving October 4th. First, because my friend Sarah lives in Colombia. Um, I actually went to visit her two years ago for my 21st birthday, and we were in Colombia for um, two weeks. And it, I fell in love with Medellin. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, it's just the people. It's, it's a beautiful place. I would definitely suggest it. And it's very cheap. Okay. Um, so we went there. And she's graduating from college there in December. So we wanted to spend, um, I think without a visa, you can spend three months in Colombia. So we were planning on leaving October 1st and staying for October, November, December. So that way I can be there for her graduation and stay till the end of December. Um, So we are going to probably do two months in Medellin, um, November and December. And then for the month of October, we wanted to do different parts like Bogota and Cartagena and other parts of Colombia as well that we haven't been to. Um, and then from there, we're kind of just going in order the plan right now. I, I don't know if it'll end up being this way, Yeah, it's, you know, cause travel has its, um, uh, you know what I mean? Don't <laughs> mind. It's just like, oh no, you're gonna do this instead. Yeah, exactly. So this is our very open-ended plan, but we're planning on doing Colombia, then Ecuador, then Peru, then Bolivia, then Chile, Paraguay, Uruguay, Argentina, and Brazil. Oh, so that sounds amazing. That's kind of the path we're planning on taking, and we're planning on doing about. Um, a month to three months in each place because I don't think it's worth it to go somewhere for like a week or two yeah if you really want to you know explore different cities in that country and stuff like that so we're planning on doing a month to three months in each place depending on you know visa things too I haven't fully researched um 
which places you need a visa for and which places you don't and how long you can stay because sometimes yeah. it's 90 days, sometimes it's three months. So that right. just takes more research, but that's the general plan as of right now. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. And are you going to be budget travel, like taking buses and using couch surfing or Airbnb or what's kind of going to be your style? We are, I'm really, really interested in work away. Okay. Um, I've, been on there a lot and seen a lot of different opportunities and they honestly seem really cool um, because you can work it's there's so many different options and a lot of it is around sustainability like some there's certain farms you can work on and um, and just just different projects that families have a lot of times there's hostels that'll that you can stay for free and they just ask you to help um, do some extra help for four to five hours each day and yeah um, so we're really planning on we're planning on doing um, a lot of work away opportunities and also Airbnb. So it's a mixture of those two. Um, it will be a little bit more on the budget side, even though I'm planning on uh, taking about three grand with me okay. in save in savings. But that's not money that I want to start spending right off the bat. Yeah. I want to save that, and that'll kind of be like you know emergency money if you know um, type. Yeah, that'll be more like emergency money. And then me working online, teaching English, I'm hoping will be enough of an income to take care of the day-to-day food and right. other necessities and things like that. Right. That's that's my that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to check back in with you like at some point while you're there afterwards and see how it turned out. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. I'll keep in touch with you and be like, hey. Um, so we went from Colombia to Bolivia. It didn't work out. We didn't end up going X, Y, and Z place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we I mean we have it generally planned out pretty nicely. Um, after we do South America, we might do like Southeast Asia or Central America. Okay. Uh, we're not, I'm not planning on heading. I really want to do Europe, but I'm not planning on heading to that area until I know I have the money to do it well, because I know Europe is a little bit more expensive. Yes. yes. So I want to go to Europe and I want to enjoy it in a way that I'm not stressing about how much I'm spending or if I have enough and right. all those things. So I think by starting in South America, I can kind of get a sense of how much that will cost and then maybe like double it Yeah, (laughs) and then get an idea for what Europe will cost and then plan for that better. And even if I have to um, stop traveling for a little while after South America to save more again to do Europe, you know, so just kind of feeling out that portion after, but definitely starting in South America because it is a lot cheaper and I know we won't spend nearly as much as we would if we did um Europe and it's beautiful and amazing it's I'm so excited Colombia is Colombia is stunning so I can't even wait to see what the rest of South America is like and it also gives us an advantage because um Diana my girlfriend is Peruvian she has a she has a dual citizenship she's been to Peru um lots and lots of times so when we go to Peru, she knows that area well, okay. and she also speaks fluent Spanish. I my Spanish is choppy. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> but her Spanish is she's fluent. So you know that's something that helps a lot when you're right. especially when you're starting out and knowing the language versus not knowing the language. Yeah. So, 
we we went with South America because it's beautiful and because it's cheap and also because we have a little bit of advantage starting there. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I just want to like be in your backpack. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so perfect. It sounds too perfect. That's why I'm like, uh, let's see how this ends up playing out. You but. know what? It could be amazing and like the biggest things that could happen is like you miss a bus or like you take a bus and you're like, am I going to like, uh, I don't know, like throw up or something, you know, yeah. all that fun I'm, stuff. <laughs> I'm just going to play it by ear and see how it goes. But I'm really, really, I'm equal parts excited and can't wait and equal parts oh my God, I'm going to throw up nervous. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> so I think once I actually start and we're there, um, it'll ease my nerves a little bit, especially yeah. since we've been to Colombia before. We're not starting in a completely right. new country. So we have some experience there. So that I think will, um, you know, you start off with baby steps and like that'll make me feel a little bit better. And then Going from there, I think it'll my confidence will build and will be will feel better going into Ecuador and Peru and Bolivia and everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, that's so exciting! Is there anything else that you want to add about your blog or your trip or just anything um, else that you would want to say to someone who might be listening to your interview? And if not, that's totally uh, okay. Because <laughs> I feel like I asked you really thorough questions. <laughs> no, well, I, yeah, you did. And I think we already really touched on, like, what it is that I wanted to, um, I, that my blog and everything focuses on is getting, moving past fear. And that's what I'm doing with my experience. And that's what um, I think everyone should try and do at least once in some way. Yeah. And I hope that's what people get from my content and my posts and just, I want people to know that I am being authentic and I'm learning as I go. And this is all a big <laughs> learning process. Right. So if you want to come watch me learn and learn with me and I, you know, I want to be very open about posting, you know, mistakes and the things I do wrong. Cause, um, a lot of, you know, big travel blogs they're not posting about how they missed their flight and you know took the wrong bus and things like that too so um I want to be authentic in that sense too and um not just about the you know my my content um and what I write but also my travel experience of you know I did this wrong but here's my advice so you don't do the same thing wrong right Uh, you can learn from my mistakes not just learn from my successes but also learn from my mistakes along with me oh I love that like even while you're talking about it you're already inspiring me because I just started going back on my mind for a second to all the huge mistakes I've made while traveling and especially alone that I didn't talk about because I feel like I do share more when I'm happy like I like want to get on and talk to people and when I'm upset or I'm scared like my first instinct is not to go on Instagram and share that. It's like yeah. to figure it out or to, you know, I don't want to bother anyone or whatever it is. So I was already going through my mind. I was like, I should make a post about that and that. Like, <laughs> I just need to be more real now that those things have passed. Like, Yeah, I think that's so important. And to share, you know, the reality. And it's up to, you know, it's up to you what you post. But to be authentic in your experience you know traveling is not perfect by any means and it's not going to be a completely perfect experience like I'm trying to 
plan it out to be and showing people that side of it, I think will make them more comfortable because then they won't think, Oh my God, like she's doing it perfect. So that means I, you know, and if I mess up, then I can't do it because I can't do it like she is, you know, like that type of, and that comes down to like them, that person being put on a pedestal. And it's like, no, we are all equal humans. We all make mistakes. Like here is how I messed up. And it's not, I, I know right now I'm, I'm not going to want to post that, stuff, yeah. but I'm, but I'm going to anyway, right. because I know it'll help. I know it'll help someone else in some way. The new motto should be like, make mistakes and post it anyway. Yeah. Right? <laughs> seriously. <laughs> seriously. We don't always want to see the perfect Instagram shot. Sometimes I want to yeah. see what went wrong. Yes. I'm like writing, uh, like some notes that I really like that you were talking about because when I get to the end of the podcast and I have to make a title and description, I totally forget. And while I was there, I was like, I love that. I love that. I love that. So I just need to start writing them down. <laughs> um, so I thought to end the, interv- end the interview, it could be kind of fun. When we were at Women's Travel Fest, I won this game called Travel Banter. Yes, you told me. Yeah, it's so funny because I never really win anything. And I was like, I'm going to win something. Like, this is my – this is like an area. Like, i got to get this. It's travel stuff. (laughs) So basically this game, I think that it is to be used at meetups, travel, work retreats, parties, networking, events, family time, and more. And it's all about, like, starting conversations um, about, you know, travel and your experiences and even just your life. So it says that there's – 98 questions and then on some of them they actually have photographs like no one can see on here but I can show you like that they took from different people's Instagrams and they include their Instagram names yeah and it's just like they're really beautiful like I just want to sit and look at the pictures Um, that is really cool yeah and so they have I wanted to talk about the game a little bit because I told the person who gave it away that I definitely would mention it because it's so awesome Um, like they have different questions about people, life lessons, culture, food and drink, um, arts and culture. And then they have this, this is my favorite section, but we obviously can't do this right now because we're not together, but they have one called like a starter challenge, like different challenges. And Mm -hmm. one of the starter challenges is go up to a stranger with your pack of cards, pick a question from the deck and strike up a conversation and um then you share that under the hashtag stranger challenge and it like encourages you to take a selfie with that person too that is really cool yeah so I'm gonna take these with me on my upcoming trip and try to do them like at hostels and stuff but yeah I thought maybe I could pull like three cards and on each card there's two questions so maybe we could both answer a question Okay. okay, I think that works. Okay, so I'm just going to, like, close my eyes and mess these up because they're in, like, really neat categories. And I'm just going to pick a random one, and I'll ask you the top one, and then I'll answer the bottom one. Okay. Okay. This one feels good. Okay. <laughs> this is um, arts and culture. What do you prefer to photograph during travel? Is it people, places, food, architecture, something else? And that one's for me? I'm yeah, that one's for you. Um, I love nature. So I think if I'm going somewhere and I'm outdoors and it's a beautiful view, I'm a lot more likely to, you know, photograph something like that. I'm not 
I'm not going to photograph other people without per- their, like, permission. Yeah. <laughs> so probably not people. Um, I guess more architecture and um, what was the other? Architecture and, like, outdoors or nature, what did it say? It's, like, it could be food, places, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so, so probably places because when you're traveling, there's just such beautiful, you know, sometimes you just see the most beautiful things. When I was in um, Colombia, we went to... El Pinol, I think it's called, and it's this huge rock. There's a picture on my Instagram of it, and um, you walk to the top. I think it's something like a thousand steps. Okay, and you get to the top, and it has the most stunning view. And I posted. There's definitely a picture of the view, and it's just, it's so gorgeous, and it's like water, but with little greenery I don't even know how to explain it honestly I, I can't even you have to see and it it's so beautiful and I remember standing up there and it just it being breathtaking and like those are the things that I want to yeah you know, take, take pictures of for people to see and yeah definitely definitely places and definitely architecture cool I will I'll try to find that picture when we like when I go to post this and p- try to put it in the link um, okay. in the show notes so people can see what yeah. you're talking about I'm excited so to see it now. Beautiful. so beautiful um, so the question I got was, tell us about an unusual or surprising experience you had during a festival or other event while traveling that I had during a festival or, okay. The first thing I can think of, cause I haven't gone to a lot of festivals. I guess I did women's travel fest. I've gone to like yeah. music festivals yeah. in some places. Um, <laughs> Okay, I have two events that come to mind. One was when I was younger and, like, I didn't really party that hard, but my exchange friends did. This uh-huh. is really gross. I probably shouldn't even say this on a podcast. No, no, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember, like, I don't drink now, but my – and I didn't at this festival either, but my friend – I don't know. It was just, like, a really good day, and we were all hanging out and having a lot of fun, and I didn't even realize she was drinking that much. And then I remember her, like – she started throwing up at the festival and we didn't have a change of clothes because we were, we were in Chile. We were in Santiago and the place we were staying was like at least like a 40 minute ride away by bus or whatever it was we took. And I remember she went in like the porta potty and she went to go to the bathroom and she threw up in her like pants and underwear. So she didn't have any clothes to wear. And I did not expect that to be a problem that we had to face while we were there. Wait, Um, so what did you do? I think that we, like, got our stuff together. Like, she had to throw her underwear away and then put on her shorts and, like, tie, like, a hoodie around her waist or something to get back. That's the first thing that came to mind. I haven't thought of that in a long time. That was wild. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, that was unexpected. But, like, a more, like, holistic one was <laughs> when I lived in New Mexico for a month and I was traveling around there and I was kind of, like, nannying, too. And I went to this festival. I can't even remember what it's called now. But it's, like, a healing festival. It's, like, yoga. It was a substance-free one. It had lots of dance. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it was really amazing because it had music and it was the first time I ever did a sweat lodge before. Um and like the first time that I felt like I could be really weird and wear cool costumes and dance um and like talk about really 
spiritual, you know, strange things. So that was unexpected because I didn't even know that festival existed. But I think at that point in my life, it was like exactly what I needed to be given permission to talk about that stuff and like make it a part of my life. So that's, that's, really a, awesome. that's a little more holistic than the other one. <laughs> okay. I'll pull another question for you. Close my eyes. Okay. Um, tell us about a travel inspired challenge you overcome. I guess that could be like challenges in planning a trip or like whatever challenges travel adds to your life. Okay. Um, well, I'm, oh, actually, what is that? Say, say the question one more time. Tell us about a travel inspired challenge that you have to overcome. Travel inspired challenge. How about a challenge I had while I was traveling? Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Um, well, this, I didn't expect to be talking about this story. Um, (laughs) while we're being authentic, um, I, (laughs) you had a drinking story. I'm going to share a drinking story. I no longer drink either. Um, this was my 21st birthday. So, you know, dark times. Um, I was in San Andres cause we did San Andres and, uh, Medellin and I was in San Andres for a week. And, um, the night of my 21st birthday, we decided, D and I decided to find a, um, a club or something in that area to go out. And, um, I took one too many shots of different things that mixed terribly together And I ended up, um, trying, I got out of an, of of a taxi or Uber we were in that was driving and I don't remember any of this. And I apparently ran away and when, when Diana, when Diana found me, I was crying because I had fallen. And, um, so we got back to the hotel room and the next morning my left hand was like, throbbing and I didn't know if like I had broken fingers when I fell or something but I was in a lot of pain and I was severely hungover and we had to get on a plane in like two hours um so we were traveling to Medellin for my friend to pick me up so my left hand like it was throbbing and I couldn't really use it so I remember being hungover in a lot of pain and I'm trying to pack everything with one hand because we have to leave right away and um I get, we get on, we make it to the flight or whatever. And my hand's like turning purple and really getting really swollen at this point. Like it's really bad. So when we get to Medellin, my friend's like, right, you got to go to the hospital. And we go to the hospital and they're like, yeah, you broke three fingers. Oh. Uh, So on my left hand, I broke three fingers, my pinky finger, my index finger and my middle finger. And, um, they had to put me in a cast that started at my fingers all the way down to like almost my elbow for the whole week I was in Medellin on my dominant hand. I'm a lefty. Oh, so, no. so that happened. And then when I got back to the States, I found out that my fingers weren't healing correctly. So I had to get surgery. Uh, and I have a big scar. That's probably like an inch or two. It's pretty big and it um, stretches up my whole finger and I had to get two surgeries 
and I still can't fully close this wrist oh all the way. Oh my god! And I had to do like physical therapy and everything. So don't drink is yeah. the moral of the story. <laughs> you will throw up in your underwear, and you will break your finger. Yeah. And you will break three fingers and not remember any of it. So, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So that was one um, very eventful, you could say. That is very eventful. <laughs> yeah, the way you overcame that challenge was getting surgery on your finger. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to get surgery. And I honestly, I don't drink anymore because I feel. Um, I feel now that it messes with my vibration and my mindset and I don't, I don't like that. So I don't, I don't drink. Um, and that's also how I deal with that by, you know, keeping myself clean and (laughs) yeah, not, not doing that. No, that makes total sense because I don't, yeah, like I said, I don't drink either. And for the same reason. And I feel like when I was younger and I was an exchange student and I would drink sometimes like stuff like not the same thing, but like, stuff would happen you know that could have been avoided but it was just the party thing so it was like yeah that's good advice (laughs) so the other side of this card is what's something that someone reluctantly convinced you to try oh my gosh I immediately know what I was going to talk about because I thought of it while you were saying this but that same friend who um threw up the throw up story like that same group of friends when I was in Chile, I my mom said that I couldn't have a nose ring. Like I couldn't have any piercings or else she would take my car away when I got home. But my one oh. friend had gotten a nose ring and it was really cheap. I think it was like three bucks in US dollars. And I really wanted one. But my boyfriend that I was dating, he's like, don't get it. I'm going to tell your mom. And like my mom was like, if you get any piercings, your vehicle's gone. And so everyone was like, don't do it, don't do it. And then a few of my friends were like, you do what you want. Like, don't let them tell you. So I went really shady. I went into some, like, tiny store, and they took me into the back into this thing that looked like it was a photo booth before. And I think it was, like, literally three bucks, and they pierced my nose. And it looked really cute at first, but then it started getting infected and bubbling up and bleeding all the time. (gasps) And every time I took a picture that would go online, since I was still in another country, my parents were at home, I would have to turn my face a certain way so they couldn't see it. And it was, like, all infected, and it started hurting. And I I kept trying to keep it in. I kept trying to keep it in because my friends had convinced me, like, you can do what you want. And eventually I got home, and I still had it. And my mom, like, wasn't as mad as I thought she would be. I think it's because she didn't see me for a year. Um... And eventually I had to take it out because it was so infected and my nose started hurting and yeah, but that's, they convinced me. They were like, you know, you should do it. Like get your nose pierced. And oh my God. I did. Oh my God. Yeah. When I had my, um, when I had, I had my septum pierced for a little while. Yeah. Um, and the same thing kind of happened. I got like those keloid bumps and it started to hurt for me to touch my mm. nose. And it, I wanted to keep it in and it got so infected. I had to just take it out too. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sad <laughs> because they look cute. Yeah. It did. Oh, that's sad. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Good times. All right. So I will ask you the final question and I will Sorry. close my eyes. Let's do one last question. This one feels... Oh, okay. Um, this one's on food and drink. Are there any new cuisines you'd still like to try as you travel? Where and what are they? 
Um, I don't have any like specific, you know, meals or plates, uh, but I am excited because I know South America is very traditionally um, meat based meals um, and being vegetarian. So I guess I don't have anything specific, but I'm very excited to find places that have, you know, vegetarian options and trying vegetarian. Because last time I was in Colombia, I wasn't vegetarian. So, um, you know, I ate whatever. But now I'm excited to go back and find places that are vegetarian and vegan and try, you know, um, traditional um, Hispanic and South American dishes with a vegetarian twist. So I'm... I'm, I'm, ex- I'm very excited to, you know, do that and kind of explore um, the cuisine in a different way. Um, but specific dishes, I can't think of. I can't yeah. think of anything specifically. Yeah, I guess but, you yeah. don't know kind of until you get there and you see what they can do. Yeah, see, see what I can do to make it vegetarian. I'm excited. It's like a fun little challenge within yeah. my travels to, like, find vegetarian and vegan places and... Um, you know, see what they offer. Yeah. I remember being in South America and I was vegan at the time and it was like, I hit a gold mine every time I found a vegan restaurant or vegetarian. And it was like, it just made my week because it was so good. And it was cool to see how they change it. And that's not, it doesn't, um, it's, I probably won't find a lot. So like you said, when I do find them, I'm going to be so excited. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I hope you take pictures of whatever you find because that would be cool to see. Of course. Cool. Oh, I'll let you know what places I find. So yeah. If you go, you can go to them. I would go somewhere just to go to a restaurant, honestly. So, yeah, please do. <laughs> I will, definitely. Um, my question is, what's the first international dish you remember trying? And I know that before I went to South America, I had gone to, like, Canada before, but I don't even remember that. It was, like, a completely different lifetime, and I was not interested in, like, interesting things. But I do remember when I got to Chile and I met up with all the exchangers for the first time who were going to also be staying the year there and some of the Rotary people, the older people that kind of run the group. We went to some restaurant and I spoke no Spanish. And so imagine I'm trying to tell a waiter um, who speaks only Spanish that I'm vegan. Like, that is so hard to do. And I remember trying to say no cheese, and they brought out a dish, and it had no animal, like, body parts in it. But then they started putting cheese on it because I was trying to say no cheese, and they thought I wanted cheese. And I was trying to say no more cheese, and they thought I wanted more cheese. So they kept putting cheese on it. And I don't know if I actually started crying, but I remember I wanted to because everyone started laughing at me. And, like, I didn't know these people yet, so I was just, like, rude. Um, Like, now they're my friends, but at that point, they were just like, ha-ha, this person doesn't speak Spanish. Um, And I just remember crying, and that was the first food experience I had, so. Oh, my goodness, that's so traumatic. (laughs) Yeah, like, now I know before I go to a country, even if I'm not fluent in that language, I don't speak it, I never plan to, like. I need to know how learn to say. What vegan, learn yeah. what vegan is in whatever country you're going to. Yeah, because if not, you're just going to, like, cry at the dinner table. <laughs> if you're like me. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That's okay. I really like that section of the podcast, all the questions. Yeah, that's a fun game. Um, I saw that table booth. I think we, uh, I entered in that 
contents too. And I like that table booth. I think that's a fun way to get to know people. Oh, yeah. You know what? They gave me two pack of cards. I should send you the other one before you leave. You don't have to. That would be really sweet. No, that would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm only going to use one. Yeah, remind me because if not, I will just like. That's okay. I will. I will. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I can't wait to share this and I can't wait for everyone to see your upcoming vlog and just how awesome and authentic you are. Keep on going, follow